No Man Should Ever Walk Alone with Danny Frawley. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, uh, the home of fragrances, and Waverley Mercedes uh, down there in Springvale Road. They'll look after you if you need a Mercedes. I've got great pleasure to introduce this evening Peter Zaris. Good evening, Peter. Hi, Danny. How are you? Thanks for having me. Going well, going well, mate. And uh, I've done. A, you, you've, I've got a little profile here, mate. Um, <laughs> not a high-profile sports person. No. Like to uh, just normalise yourself by saying I'm a, I'm a footy and cricket tragic, which yes. is right in the hitting zone of our listeners. Um, but as a pr- professional, uh, you deal with senior executives, and obviously, you find out that they're just like normal folk. Uh, like you and I and, and our listeners, but they're in a high-achieving, high-pressure business. And, and obviously, I think it's going to be a great to spend um, the next hour with you because you actually normalise it. And I've, I know I've had a few chats and conversations, and yep. and the men, the stats of men still uh, are way, way above the women. And, you know, the, the amount of deaths, obviously suicides, you know, 3,100. You know, for any listeners out there, just get on to Beyond Beyond Blue um, or see a doctor. And unfortunately, it's well over, I think it's about 80% of those are men and, and men, young young men. Well, yeah, young men. I mean, the, the tragedy of young men is that it's one of the leading causes of death among young men. And if you talk about preventable death, nothing more preventable than that. And as a community, you know, you talk about being a, uh, footy and cricket tragic and you know I played uh, competition squash all my adult life rather poorly but yep. love my footy love my cricket and in Melbourne you know we centre our community around that somehow or other however that sense of community um, hasn't translated into both understanding and intervening and it'd be good today to talk a bit about have a bit of fun but yep. talk about the fact that um, federal and state governments have set up the infrastructure to help people, yet somehow, you know, our young men aren't using it. And it just seems to be, and because I've gone through the whole kit, kit and caboodle, we're, we're very good at promoting the reactive side of it. Yes. And we're still in that, probably that hitting zone of that yep. compared to the getting on the front foot and being proactive. Yeah. And, and what are the steps we need to take exactly. as a community and as a government as corporations and, and as family members, we're, we're still in this zone of, oh no, we need to hide in the corner, put our hands, head in our hands and, and, and think, oh gee, I hope no one finds out that I've got a bit of a mental health issue. We're yeah. still, the glass ceiling hasn't even been, it's been cracked, but we need to smash it open, don't we? Oh, absolutely. And I couldn't have put it better myself. The, the fact that it's preventable is what's most tragic. Um, and, you know, I do believe I, I've got a great deal of confidence in the Gen Y generation coming yep. through there. Why is that? Um, I don't know if it's their access to technology or the fact that they're more open in talking about it. My daughters are open. They, yeah. they, they talk to my beautiful wife, Anita, about everything. Mm. Everything and everything. Yep. And, and, and some. Yeah. Look, it's probably our generation, you know. And if you think about the way we played football and the way we all went about sport, um, there was a, you know, a distorted and skewed understanding of what being a man and being tough was and what hardness was. And what we're now discovering 
is real hardness is being honest and upfront. And, you know, for me, um, as a professional in this space and as a guy that's dealt a lot with really senior execs, guys who've, you know, started multi-million dollar businesses and guys who are running, you know, 10,000 strong government departments, they are people. They mm. are normal people dealing with extraordinary uh, pressures and and they're not immune for it. This this is not about, you know, I'm, I've got special qualities yeah. and you don't. None of us are immune from mm. this. And I think the, the the chat I had to you, and this one's the the one that really resonated with me, and I'm sure it'll resonate with our listeners. And I think it's something that I think we all can sort of put on our fridge. Uh, manning up, you know, in the past, I'm talking about the past, yeah. you said manning up was, you know, um, in a footy club, and if someone's got a defect, we'd, we'd, you know, if he's got a big nose or something, we'd, we'd give him a nickname. And you're looking back, gee, I was, I was the captain for nine years, and yeah. I reckon most of the nicknames in my era were, were christened by me. Yeah. But I had no idea, and you'd get a good laugh out of it, how it affected that actual person. Yeah. And yeah. as I said, it, that was the day. And yeah. do I apologise for it now? Definitely. Did, did I, did I think about it? Um, for one second at the time, never, because yeah. that was the that was the area we lived in. But just to get back to your statement that you, you showed me yesterday, manning up. Let's rethink what it is to man up. It's courageous to ask for help. Mm. It's dangerous to suffer in silence. Now that that to me is what this show is all about, Peter, and and that's why we got you on. And I can only commend you. And I mean, obviously Kenny Hunter was on earlier. Kenny's the same. He's come out and honestly spoken about the challenges as have your good self. And I'm hoping that's um that's a you know, a sign for, for men of our generation to, to come out and talk mm. about these things. Um you know, uh with uh, the the highest risk group for suicide in our society is forty five to sixty year old men. Why is that? Is well, there's it, a number of reasons, but it, ultimately life life um can you know lead you down roadblocks, dead ends and and you can just um find yourself isolated and when you define success externally mm. like what you've got yeah what you've done that's right the, the flash car certificates on the wall um measuring yourself by external objective measures yeah you lose sense of yourself mm. you forget you forget um you know what's important and, and when you and I spoke you, you shared with me that that's exactly what happened with you. Yeah. You know that um, it was all what people thought of me. Yep, that's yep. that's what that's what drove me. It was what um, oh gee, Danny, uh, the coaching didn't go that well, but God, you're doing a great job in the media. Yeah. So oh, you know, you're a captain for nine years at St Kilda. Gee, that must have been absolutely outstanding. And there wasn't a lot of, and I can remember going to functions, not having conversations with people. I, was, I don't know whether I was just walking around like a peacock, but it was all about oh, what people thought of me. Yeah. But yeah. at the end of the day, it was actually what I thought of me. Yeah. Yeah. You wake up in the same place every morning, Danny, in you your see, own head. You, you certainly know? do. And, and Which is some not not a good thing when you look in the mirror with when you when you've got heads like you and I, yeah, Pete. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> some better heads on boils. Life, <laughs> life isn't kind to everyone. But, <laughs> but getting back to Ken uh, Kenny Hunter. Yes. He was and and I'm in awe it's interesting. I'm still in awe of the great Ken Hunter because yeah. I, I, I played on Ken and just an absolute legend. And I yeah. know, and I did my stats, but I, I, I tried to read his CV and there wasn't 
AFL Hall of Fame there, which is I know is a story for another day, but yes, absolute disgrace, and and uh, and the the selection committee could do themselves a favour. And and remove this abject ignorance they're showing by not having him there. Oh, there's no doubting that if, whatsoever. If guys like Hodge and Enright end up there, which they no doubt will, yeah. and Kenny's not there, they've got it horribly wrong. There's no doubting so let, that. Let's start a campaign on that one. No, I'm I'm happy to go through that. Yeah. But I think the the, the fact that um, suffering in silence, and it's not it's not a cowardice thing, but it's it's because you you don't know what you don't know. Well, if I could, um, you know, I have asked. I have asked Ken, and it, it made a lot of sense. Um, I said, you know, what, what was going on there? And he said, look, I played with injuries. I played with a knee that I should have been running mm. out in the field with. And, and you've said the same yep. thing, you know, playing with broken ribs. Yep. And, and the, the, the culture of, of football in those days was you, you push through injury. Um, the, where we were as a community in the late 80s compared to where we are um, 30 years mm. later is chalk and cheese. Um, we have invested, you know, in a welfare system. And if you think about the term welfare, it means to help someone fare well, yep. to go yep. well in life. Yep. Um, when when Ken and, and there was many other players, it's, it's not just yep. about yeah. one person, went through their travails in the late 80s, there wasn't any knowledge. Um, you ended up at the Melbourne Clinic or not, mm. um, and you were told to push through it. The difference between physical and psychological injury, physical injury, you know, your body heals itself through a natural healing process. And, and there's normally a timeline because most yep. people, whether at work, because there's a timeline, the doctor say you've had a workplace injury, you know, you, you've broken your elbow, you know, you need it in a class for, yep. for four weeks, then you need to go to the physio and get some rehab, then you do some light lifting, and then two and a half months later, um, you yep. go back at work on light duties. Yeah. And footy was no different to me because I would always try and prove the doctors wrong with, with an injury, whether it was an Achilles. You got, you know, it's going to take you six months. And I'd say from okay, I'd work back. I'm going to get back in five, and I was able to do that. Yeah. But the mental side of your, the injury, there's no timeline. That, no, there's not. And and you know, there's an old saying about time healing all wounds. And in psychology, we talk about time wounding all heals as well. Uh, if, if you don't, if you don't. Resolve it, and and um, I also think, uh, like any industry and profession, psychology has come a long way in yeah. thirty years. It's not, it's not the same profession. I actually, um, I was in a, a government job while I was doing my undergrad and postgrad, and uh, started working. My first job was in work cover rehab, and I, I want to share this story because yeah. it highlights the ignorance I had. Yeah, so. Uh, I was my first job as a psych was getting people back to work, you yeah. know, injured people back to work, and um, there was one fella who who was a boner, and I still remember him because he had the best handlebar mustache, or the second <laughs> best after me mate Steve Arthurson, but it's a story for another day. Anyway, um, he'd ruined his his arms, and he couldn't put the meats on the hooks. His wife left him soon after, and um, wow. He was, uh, you know, half the challenge was how we were going to redeploy him and the other half was that he he was saying things like, uh, not sure why I need to be here, you know, uh, I've run out of... Yep. Anyway, I was out of my depth. Um, there wasn't the infrastructure or support for a young psych in those days and I went along to, to some training programs and spoke to someone and he said, look, 
and this is really important, it's still valid these days, those thoughts can pass. Mm. You know, this too can pass. And he said, uh, try some strategies around giving him something to do when that wave comes, when that moment comes, when it's hopeless, it's helpless and powerless. You know, we don't feel like we can do anything. Strategy I came up with was uh, he kept talking about this wasn't worth doing. And and I I asked him if he was going to do it, to go for a walk to the shop and have an ice cream and came back. We kind of moved on and I forgot about it. Six months on, he showed up one day. He'd shaved his mustache off. He had a, a new partner. Um, he got a new job and it was our last time we shook hands and I wished him all the best. And as he got to the front door, he turned around to me and looked and said, you know, I had three ice creams, don't you? And a chill went over me that it had gotten that close. Wow. You know, that he, yeah, and I never knew. Yeah. And so now we do. Um, one of the tragedies of the situation we're in now is the federal government has put aside billions of dollars and an infrastructure to help young men mm. and young women. Yeah. This shows about young men, but let, let's not forget yep. our, about our women and girls. Mm. Um, and so it's there. Somehow we're not accessing it. Women are far more likely to access help and mm. ask for help. Um, we talk about the 3,100 people that end their own lives mm. in this country. Statistics I read was that it's, 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 um, it's about 30, 30 attempts to one so that's nearly 100,000 people in this country that get there. And the other stat, and this is, you know, we, we all remember the Vietnam War. The, the stat yeah. that you told me, was that, that was the one that hit me right mm-hmm. between the eyes. Yeah. And those guys were brave, let's face it. Yeah. They went over there and, you know, it was, it was horrible what they walked into. But yeah. what are the stats on that one, just to give it a little bit of balance? Well, in the entire Vietnam War, we lost 521 men. Um, there was uh, a few thousand injured. But but the totality of the uh, of that ten year yeah. period of the number of wounded and men killed is around about the same as what we lose per annum to this hideous thing, and so every single year, um, six times more people die by suicide than were killed in the Vietnam yeah. War. And we probably had a, and we we don't know the stats on it. Obviously, but it probably would have been some post traumatic stress, obviously yeah. as yeah. well. So yeah. we're probably untreated. Exactly right, and and probably we lost more people mentally. Yes, when they came back. Well, that's a and, that's and a very if you know what I mean, because yeah, because we, we're talking sixties. Yeah, and these guys would have come back from war. Yeah. And you think about our, our our cake and what they were led into these young men. Yeah, and then just to come back and oh no, we want you to go and um, drive a forklift now for the next yeah. thirty years, and yeah. they've got these thoughts back in their mind. So, mate, we're gonna have a break. Um, Before we go to the break, I'm going to ask you and the listeners, how important is it to ring a mate up that you haven't spoke to for a month? So we're just going to take a short break. No Man Should Ever Walk Alone with Danny Frawley. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, uh, the best fragrances around, and uh, Waverly Mercedes uh, brought you No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. We've got Peter Zaras here. We've talked a little bit about his sporting career, his beautiful squash career. He's a tragic football follower and cricket follower. Geez, our cricketers aren't going too well at the moment, Pete. But that's they'll a, be back. Yeah, they'll be back. That's a story for another day. But pro- professionally, um, Opic. 
uh, corporate consultancy. Uh, yes. Tell us a little bit about it. We we started life, uh, Danny. Um, you know, helping out major corporates, and and um, when you talk about psychology, it, it, psychology is a a you know, loose confederacy of a lot of different types of activities. Most people, when they think of uh, psychology, think of clinical psych yep. and counselling psych. So we we applied those to the workplace. So for much of our time, we've been working on creating high performance yep. organisations. What's happened recently is the you know the mental health crisis in this country isn't just about after work hours. Yep. You know we have um, we it's it spilled into corporate life and it affects corporate efficiency and effectiveness. And you know part of that is educating workers and managers around that. Yep. Um, you know, some of the stats you might be interested in, um, 78% of full-time workers do not seek treatment or help for any mental health illnesses they've Ooh. got. Um, among half of those who take sick leave don't disclose the reason, and most commonly those reasons are inability to cope. Mm. They just can't get out of bed. If anyone out there has had that experience where the alarm clock's gone off and you just can't face the day... You, you are most likely suffering from a form of depression. Yep. It's not going to go away. A Bex and the lie down is not going to fix it. And the, the um, uh, you know, one in five working Australians will experience mental health issues. And our industry, our Australian workplace, lose over six million working days a year in sick leave related to mental health issues. Now, this is not a dollar and cents issue, mm. but ultimately... This issue of mental health pervades all aspects of society, yep. relationships, business, community. And, you know, why I um, so commend what you're doing here is, you know, people don't want to talk to an old psych yep. like me. Yeah. They, they want to talk to sporting people, yep. normal people who've gone through the same thing. And this is this show is so important to give us a gateway. Mm. So well, along with the, the two Ken Hunters and my business partner, Brett, we're, um, you know, we're setting up yeah, good. Um, uh, programs to assist organisations to, to address those issues. And is there a website for the for the yep. listener out there that might want to get involved and actually get your um, expertise, yeah. more importantly? www.opic.com.au and uh, you can contact us. Uh, um, we can help any way. We certainly will. I, I would say this, um, you know, that for individual um, for individual counselling, yeah. Um, I've uh, been a board member of the Australian Psychological Society, yep. with nearly twenty four thousand or over twenty four thousand yep. psychs uh, as members. Um, crisis. If you have a crisis on your hand, ring Lifeline. That's right. If you want to get a referral to a psych, either go to your GP. That's right. And get a referral, or give the Australian Psychological Society a call, and they'll hook you up with someone locally. And that's what, um, as I said, without rehashing it, because we have new listeners uh, coming in and out, and that that's great um, advice, Pete. Um, it was my wife that actually pushed me towards yeah. my doctor and yeah. my GP, Jared Connors. I don't mind saying he's, you know, a great friend of mine, a great mentor. Basically, put me through the stock standard depression yep. questionnaire. Oh, so you got a. That's and out of the ten questions, it was only then that I started to think there's something going on because he said, "Mate, I need to put you in front of a, a, a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Yeah. I, I need to refer you straight away." And I think that's the advice I give to people 
when they come up to me because obviously I've come out for all the right reasons yep. to try and help um, this um, hideous, um, not not hideous, but the, in the past it was a sign of weakness. It's yeah. an illness. Yeah. It's an illness. And yeah. that's what... Of, it's actually part of life, Danny. It is. Uh, and I, I've found that... Yeah, I think everyone goes through some, Absolutely. and there's tipping points, there's big tipping points, there's little tipping points, and some of the things that, um, and you rightly gave me the Beyond Blue um, contact yeah. contact here, you know, feeling worthless, feeling yep. trapped, yep. obviously feeling like you don't belong, yep. engaging in risky behaviours, you know, we're talking about alcohol abuse and drug abuse, drug abuse. Um, dramatic change in mood and behaviour, that was me, yep. feel like a burden to others, and thinking, yep. gee, what, what's the point? Isolation, that was the one that, that I, I actually craved it when I was going through my worst. Yeah. I would, guys would text me, I'll come around and, because I knew I was battling a bit. Yeah. And I, I didn't speak to them on the phone, I'd text them, yeah, come around, but I'd actually put the shutters down yep. on the blinds. Yeah. And they'd be knocking on the door and I thought, no, I just, for some unknown reason, I just, I just don't feel like I'm worthy enough to speak to these guys. And, and in that moment, the only conversation you would have been having is in your own head. Yeah. Nobody else is exactly in there trying right. to break the cycle. And and I do. There's a couple of mates now, and, and all there was differing degrees, but some of the guys that came and actually put their arm around me yeah. were the least expected yeah. externally. Yeah. They were sort of, you know, kept themselves a little bit socially, but a couple of guys, I won't mention their names, it blew me away yeah. how actually important they were to me at that particular time. And that was the question that I asked you before the ad break. Yep. How important when, you know, even for people listening now, and I had this conversation with you yesterday and I've made two phone calls already and it's the yeah. best thing I did because you said, you've got a friend there you haven't spoke to a month for, for a month. Maybe they're going really well, but why not give them a call because you're a friend yeah. and ask them how they're going. Yeah, look, um, uh, the the RUOK uh, movement is, is critical, but I, I, I question whether it You goes... want to flesh that out a bit more, don't you? Yeah, I think we should go further. Um, you know, um, we I, the seven years I said I worked in the public service, um, uh, I was actually working at Australian Customs while yep. doing my degree. And, I, you know, I left there in 88, 89 and, and, you know, stayed in contact with three guys in particular, but there was another guy I was pretty close with. And a fella, um, Ian, who's up in Queensland, and Ian, for, for some reason, five years ago, took it upon himself to get us all back together. In fact, I, as a psych, I got worried because suddenly yeah. Ian came back into our lives. I'm thinking, I wonder if he's struggling. But, you know, whatever it was, Ian recently got married, a bachelor to 64, and he got married. <laughs> and, good on him. Good on him. And he was the one that dragged us all back in. He There's one guy in particular, uh, wait, name, I don't want to embarrass him on the radio, but we'd lost contact with him. Ian was like a bloodhound, and um, he was at Ian's wedding and wedding reception and he looked great and and to be able to reconnect with him and know that he's okay and it really struck me that that you know um ian who's not qualified he's not a psych but he's the one that reached out and said i love you brother where are Mm. you we're all worried i'm not putting up with your crap i'm at your front door sometimes you have to go that far um the characteristic of going through that process is hopelessness and worthlessness. Mm. And it doesn't matter how many cups you got on the wall or uh, what your you know investment portfolio looks like. There's a point at which you lose sense of yourself. Spot on. You know, who am I? Um, 
you know, part of uh, part of meeting you is understanding that, and I don't want to, you know, break any any secrets here, but you play a role in the media. Mm. That's and, and that's important. Yep. But that's not entirely who you are. You're no. a husband. You're a father. I used to think it defined me. Yeah. You know, but you're right. It's right. I, I'm very respectful of the role that I have now. Yeah. And the impact that I can have. But you're spot on. The the things that define me now is, um, and it was a thing that when I was going through the tough time was. What what do I stand for? No, no, I stand for the father of my three daughters yep. and married to my wife yep. and have some really close friends yep. as family. Yep. And that's about it, really. Yeah. Well, the same for me professionally. You talk about, um, you've seen my resume and... Uh, See, it took me, three, took me three days to read it. But, <laughs> but you know what I But you've most... been around the block, which is great. And yeah. I think that's the most important thing that our youngsters need to yep. just take a deep breath. Just listen a little bit more because your experiences in this field are far greater than mine because you've got professional um, background to it. I'm just a facilitator here to, to yep. give people some opportunities to, to actually be proactive in this space. And I think that guys like yourself who you've – and I know you've done a, a fantastic job in the corporate world, yep. but I just get the sense now with your new business that it's going to reinvigorate you because – you. And you're frustrated because, and we all are, because these these figures are very frustrating. The government have got this pool of money, but it's more than the pool of money. We need to direct it into the right area for proactivity, not reactivity. Yeah, me- mental health um, mental health's a process, and it can be a spiral downwards unless you intervene. And you know, um, one of the problems is this this notion of the medical and psychological profession. And you and I have had a coffee early today. Yeah. You know, I ran the streets of with a long With a long black, this is for the listeners, listen to this one, a long black with a drop of milk. Well, you're, you're lucky I didn't order a vegetarian pizza with salami. Just to, but, uh, um, yeah, but look, I, uh, um, you're, one of the things I'll tell you about our members uh, in, in, in the Australian Psych Society, they are normal folk. Yeah. I, you know, I listened to your interview with, Left twenty minutes, and I thought I ran those streets yeah. the exact same time as him, and I felt find myself here, you know, forty, fifty years later. Um, it's it's not, you know, the the traditional thinking we used to have of one flew over the cuckoo's nest where you go in Oof. and they 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 put yeah. you in a straitjacket and zap your brain. Yeah. Those days are gone. Yeah, you know, we we have a caring um, community of welfare that we need to access. You know, the the thought that we should have, these young men are our future. They're our future tradies. Yep. They're our future fathers. That's right. They're, they're, they're out there. Role models. Yep. And and this is the most important resource we've got. We can't afford to lose them. No, you're absolutely spot on. And one of the great things of this show, last week we had on um, David Helms and, and Taz, they're on the board of Australian Men's Shed. Yep. I was blown away by the, the goodwill that that company and that non-profit um, association, the basic age, the average age of these guys that go to Men's Shed are 65. You can see why they've they've either been, they've lost their, their loved one, they've, yep. they've finished work and they're isolated, but all of a sudden Men's Shed has opened up a whole new horizon and now it's going worldwide. There's over a 1,000 men's sheds in Australia yep. for men who just can go down and have a cup of tea Yep. Learn some woodwork. Yep. Um, 
do some um, charity work for, for for some people who are elderly that maybe paint their house, yep. and these guys get reconnected. Yeah. So for anyone out there that's got a a father, a grandfather, an uncle, who who might be thinking, "Gee, Pa's lonely," yep. go and introduce him to Men's Shed. Yeah, absolutely. Because they get on the, the the committee of the Men's Shed, they get some fundraisers. Yep. I think it's one of the great initiatives our country has done, and yep. and I was blown away by the fact that. There was over a thousand men shed in Australia. Yeah, well, that's extraordinary, and it, and it and the, shows you we have a yearning need to connect with each other. There's no doubt, and the beauty of that, well, the beauty of it, it's sort of targeted at that because the average age is 65. Right. But as you rightly know now, our demographic who's listening to this show right now is somewhere between the age of 28 and 60. Yep. So. What about the, the and even then we want to break it right down that the numbers would stack right up in the percentile yep. would be forty to fifty eight to fifty five yeah that yeah. bracket there yep. is the bracket that we're right in the hitting zone of yeah. wow um, yeah. I'm listening to this geez I, I need some help yeah look and please please seek some you know yeah. life life can close in on all of us um, there's obviously some factors which exacerbate it divorce is a horrible process. Yeah. Losing your job yep. is a horrible process. Um, men who, who who turn fifty and get divorced end up in a lot more trouble than I, I, I was. I was separated, divorced in my late thirties, but I I had twenty years to rebuild my yep. life. If you're fifty five and mm. and you know, um, uh, or, or in your late forties and you're going through that process, if you've got mates or if you yourself are in that position, whether whether it's job loss or um, or whether it's 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 loss of a relationship, um, seek help, reach out because that's the point at which things can deteriorate quickly for for people. And um, can't emphasise enough that there, there's a saying that I really like, um, and and I think it, it it can be a catch cry around helping people. De- depression isn't isn't like having a permanent yeah. disability, and the saying that this too shall pass. Is designed to show you that that, that you can move past yeah. this. It, it's not we, in psychology we talk about traits and state. So a trait is something that characterises yeah. a person permanently. You're an outgoing guy, that, and you're probably always going to be. A state is something that happens in the moment, and if we can help people get through those moments, you know, it, it's incredible how they can improve. And a lot of people never go back. And in fact, the stats around people who have attempted suicide mm. and 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 um, didn't—I was going to yep. say succeed, but mm. it didn't happen. Overwhelmingly, they're glad it didn't happen. They are so glad for the second chance at life, and we should be be cognizant of that. If you can help a person through that moment, then that moment can change. Yeah, that's absolutely outstanding. That's a great segue to have a break. After the break, Pete, I'm going to ask you about um, the build-up of something that may have happened 30 years ago and has manifested because you haven't actually acted on it or talked to the person about it to relieve that mental anguish. So we'll we'll take a short break. No Man Should Ever Walk Alone with Danny Frawley. Yes, well, this is the last uh, segment, actually last um, show for the year. So for all those listeners out there, we'll be back on deck about February 1 after the Big Bash. Um, we'll have a good, festive and safe 
uh, Christmas and, and a big, well, longer break for us. But we'll be back bigger and better the next year. And as I said, uh, we've got Peter Zaris here, and we've we've just flown, mate. We could go for another hour. There's no doubt we'll need to get you back because. But one of the main things I want to leave the listeners with, and to get the point across from you from a professional angle. There's a lot of people listening now that may be going through it, but the, something's resonating with them. Okay, I've had a, I've had a beer with Bill. Yep. He hasn't turned up the last couple of weeks. Um, he turned up next week, and he he just wasn't wasn't coherent. I want you um, to sort of go through the scenario. Of what what signs to look out for? Because we we say, are you okay? Yep. But you know when someone's really battling, because you've seen it so many different times, and that's why it's so good for you being a professional. So what are some of the signs for the for the layman out there to, to look for someone that may be struggling with some mental health issues? Yeah, and this is really important, because I think some people do notice signs, but they probably think to themselves, well, I'm not a professional, you know, I'm, it's probably all in my head. Well, it's not. If, if something changes, we get a sense, and you, know, you sometimes might say, you know, what do you reckon of Billy's? He, he's, he's, things aren't quite yeah. right. If you have that thought, more than one of you having that thought, it's probably right. You know, some of the things, um, the most obvious one is people withdraw. With stress, we we talk about fight-flight yep. syndrome. Yep. And, you know, if somebody's suddenly becoming aggressive or their withdrawal, that's a sign of increased stress. Mine was, mine was actually, gut, well, I knew deep down because I was losing sleep rapidly and even through the coaching scenario I spoke to you even though things were going bad professionally I slept like a baby right but the tipping point with the whole range of things that happened over a long time my lack of sleep yeah that was the one that was the telltale sign to me for the first time that there's something going on I could sleep through a jackhammer but unfortunately the jackhammer became inside my head and the three to four weeks where I basically had no sleep and eventually my mind just shut down. And that was the thing. Because externally, I had, I was, because I was a competitor, I went harder. Yeah. I was more vivacious. Yeah. I was more, I was drinking more. I was training harder. Yeah. I was going harder because that was what I was taught in the past. If you've got an issue, work it off. So I actually did 10 things at once. And it wasn't only till, you know, the bigger the front, I find now the bigger the back, because yeah. yeah. someone that's out there all the time, you can't be yeah. be up all the time. And and I know the stats; it's quite interesting. And I read a whole lot of books, Pete, and I'll let you go now. A lot of comedians, yes, have depression. But that was me yeah. acting the goat in the media. But then going home, my wife would say, "Gee, you're so vivacious in front of a group and in front of the media. You come home, Danny, and you you're a different bloke to what I married." Yeah. And I'm sure if I didn't go through what I went through, my wife was going to leave me. Well, it sounds like your wife saved you. Yeah, and, she did. And, and and you know, God bless her for doing yeah. so. I think that um, I, I think that you know we sometimes talk about an ideal and real self, and and you know when when reality isn't pleasant, yeah, we can create. You know, we talk about a front, but it is about creation of a an ideal yeah. self. You know, uh, comedians. Uh, the irony and the the wit in which they go with does mask some sort of deep emotional feelings about the world and and you know I mean it, it's it's important we don't generalise but obviously no. it's well documented that yeah, depression no, is an aspect no an aspect of them I must um, um, give myself a little hit the, the the word mask 
and I'm not sure what it is, but um, there's no doubt the alcohol was masking my issues yes. because, and I'm sure there's there's some people out there with social drugs. Yes. I found that the alcohol was a form of, and I say this in a really respectful way, a form of antidepressant for me. Of course it is. It was it was the time that I felt good. Yeah. But looking well, back, feeling bad. Maybe. Exactly. Sorry, yeah, that's the one. Yes. I couldn't, I couldn't unpack the sadness. Yes. Um, but I was trying to feel happy. Yes. And the only time I was in a good place was when I become a bit a bit numb. Yeah. Look the. But the, then the, the downfall of that the next day, I felt yeah. doubly bad. Yeah. And then repeated a the vicious process. cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Look, the removal of anxiety is is a core driver of the human condition. You know, whatever anxieties we got, and I, I often talk about uh, in, in the executive coaching I do with 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 uh, with you know CEOs yep. and owners of company, the, their behaviour is most predictable by their anxiety. What's what, what's in their head? It's pointless going anywhere else. We all have anxieties. Those anxieties can be in the moment. Some of them, as you mentioned before the break, are historical. You know, we do have historical patterns. Mm. You know, the old joke about spending the last 70 years of your life unpacking the first 10 can be true. Yep. You know, we, we do carry familial issues. We, we, we carry anxieties from the past. Those anxieties, you know, we, have, we find a number of ways to deal with them. Is that, are, why, is that why, well, not why, I think I know the answer. That's why fitness and, and physical well-being is very important for your mental health. Yes. Whether it's going for a walk, we don't expect you to run up Mount Kosciuszko. No. But I, I've, I find if I don't exercise for three or four days, yeah, you feel lousy. <laughs> I feel lousy and I feel anxious. Well, there's three, there's three valves to remove anxiety and stress. Physical, psychological and emotional. The problem is the emotional valve is by a mile the bigger. Okay. So you can be yeah. as fit as you like yeah. and, 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 and you can be doing your, your, your relaxation exercises, but the emotions will get you. The anxiety will get you every time. And the, and, and the whole point of this, this exorbitant mental health system we've created yeah. is so you can go somewhere safe and talk about your emotions. Yeah. Talk about what's causing you distress. Talk about you know, why you're feeling not quite right, why you're, why you're hiding it. We fear our emotions because we can't control them. You can control how fit you are. You can control yeah. how you present to others. And just on that, um, we had a chat about it. I, you know, I'm probably, I, I do, I need to lose five or six. We all do at times. But when I was going through the anxiety and the depression at its worst, I become manic with my fitness. Yeah. Because I kept away from the alcohol. Because that was always, oh, I need, no, no, I'll go for another run. But unfortunately, it became my, it ended up becoming the cane for me because all I did was train. Yeah, people, and people would say, geez, you look good. But I felt like saying, yeah, but I feel shit ass. Yeah. You know what I mean? So externally, again, it was all about the perception of, oh, geez, Danny looks fit. But yeah, yeah but I'm, I'm really battling underneath. Yeah, and the funny thing, you jump on a treadmill and run like crazy for an hour, end up in the same spot you started. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and this is why intervention is important. Emotions, um, and I, look, I'm no psychotherapist, but I'll give you my take. Yeah. There's a voice in your head. We call that your ego. Yeah. You know, that's the thing that's telling you go hard. Or the old ego hard. trap. Your, your, your subconscious, which is what we believe is you, your true mm. self, it communicates in emotions. And when it's not quite right, it's not going to let you get away with it. 
you can get as fit as you like and win as much as you like, but it's going to tap me on the shoulder and go, cop this, mate. You know, uh, and, good and point. you need to go resolve that. Your the emotional part of your uh, yourself is your true self. Your subconscious communicates by it, and it demands that you address it. Now, and this one, as I said, we can go for another couple of days here without yes. even scratching the surface. That's why it's so important to have this show. The word, I want to finish with the word balance. Yeah, people say you've got to have a balanced lifestyle. It's nearly impossible. And the word balance and this, I'm going to leave you with the oh, phone, the, e- the e-commerce of, yeah, yeah but um, it's great. I'm playing golf today because I'm always near the phone, but yeah. you either, because I, now golf's great for me because I leave the phone in the car. Yeah, it's good. Normally I'll be having a putt talking to you, Pete. Yeah, well, and I've just, oh, I've just, oh, sorry, Pete, I've just missed that birdie putt. And, you know, and the, you know, oh, sorry, I've just got to hit this drive. Then I'm back. Either play golf or go to work. We've become... These have become owners. They're, they're yeah. great tools, the iPhones or the yeah. whatever phone you got, but it, it, it has become a bit of a bane for us, hasn't it? Ah, uh, look, you know, God bless my kids, my son and my daughter. Look at me in technology as if I'm a caveman. They're probably being <laughs> generous. But um, look, uh, you said balance. I think perspective. You know, Melbourne like has it. been rated either one, two or three as the greatest city in the world the last 10 years. Except for the traffic. <laughs> yeah, well, the traffic we've got to get sorted. Um Australia economically, comparatively, is is in a good position. We we avoided GFCs, so somehow or other, um, you could well be living in the greatest city in the world yeah. in the greatest time in history, yet yet we find a way of feeling that there's something missing. This is my biggest bugbear about social media, that we allow other people to create mm. a context of what an exciting, purposeful yeah. life is. People who are manic about their physical appearance or the chicken chow mein they ate last night yeah. or whatever it is. Perspective is important. And and perspective is self-driven. It's not compared to Jenny or Bill. Mm. You have to find it within yourself. This notion of competing with someone to have a more interesting life is is part of what we need to break down. Social media has a lot of wonderful advantages, but it's also the devil. Yeah. And and part of what we need to do is, you know, social media is not communication. My son and I have this argument yeah. all the time. I say, mate, that's information. Yeah. You have to be in front of someone. Like, I can feel yeah. you right now. Yeah. You can see me. That's communication. Yeah. We cannot lose the capacity to connect with people. Yeah. And that, I think, is the message, you know, we should send to the young people out there. If you're alone... If you're feeling isolated, come and connect. Yeah. You know, um, and, and if you've got a mate who's isolated, go connect with him. That's right. Don't text him. No. Because he'll text back, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. And you think, oh, well, that's good. I've, I've texted him. Front to the front door with a six-pack. Yeah. And or take him yeah. out and buy him a pizza and have a chat. Mate, I want to leave you with, uh, and I, I know I've, I think the words, I'll get it right, Play, plagiarized? Plagiarized. Plagiarized. Yeah. Once you, with your, your point four there that, we had a chat with. I just want you to yeah. talk through that and finish off with that, mate, because it's been a great show, and I'm sure yeah. we'll get you back next year. But yeah. and, and in a nutshell, I think that's what the show is all about. No man should ever walk alone. Well, uh, we spoke about manning up, and, and, and I thought about it after we spoke about it, and I said back these words to you. Let's let's rethink what it is to man, man up. And, and manning up, it, it's courageous to ask for help, and it's dangerous to suffer in silence. And that goes both for 
the people suffering in silence, and for their friends. Mate, you're a star, Pete. Um, thanks for coming on the show. Um, for all the listeners out there, it's OPIC Corp Consulting. What's the website again, Pete? www.opic.com.au. And those listeners out there, especially the guys on the app and all those farmers out there that get on their header, um, get on the SEN website for, for more information about Peter Zaras and his magnificent um, uh, business. Th- thanks again, Pete. Thank you, Danny. Cheers.